Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. I think most of you know that. But did you know that this is the only podcast I'm aware of in the galaxy that's always 30 minutes or less, and we will break down the best players in the biggest games? We will also offer up our picks in those games. It's awesome. We love it. And by we, I mean primarily he, Emery Hunt, the absolute rock star, the master of all he oversees at Football Game Plan. You need to check him out on Twitter like I do, at Fball Game Plan, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide is where you can go ahead and get all of Emery's evals, which are amazing, uh, sometimes shortly after the NFL season. By the way, on social media, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always watch this show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I know a lot of you do now. And Emery, I saw you were all over the place. You beat me this weekend. You got to call two games. I only got to call one game. And your games, both of them were pretty awesome. But, you know, I, I feel like we should uh, on Monday share that a little bit because that's why we do what we do. I mean, you know, all the other stuff we do is great. I know from my perspective, Emery, there's nothing more fun than calling a game. Oh, my God, Ross. That's the best feeling in the world, man. It's the closest thing to the preparation, to the playing, all that stuff that you remember as a football player, calling a game gives you that same feeling, you know, the the you know the excitement going in, uh, all the prep work that you put in and preparing for both teams, like you're about to coach against both teams or for both teams. And, you know, Friday night I had a great high school game in Central York and Hempfield. Fantastic matchup, man. Went back and forth and, Central York's defense just it, it really closed it out on a pick six, uh, you know, overthrow guy caught it in stride and you know was 88 and out the gate. And then on Saturday, I had Mammoth versus Fordham. And let me set the stage for this one. Mammoth and Fordham uh combined for 1400 yards of total offense. Now, on a depth chart, Mammoth's third string running back, their true sophomore Jaden Shirton, who was a Tremendous player last year as a freshman had touchdown runs of 90, nine, I'm sorry, 95, 80, and almost took a 50 yard into the house as well. He finished with 299 yards rushing on 12 carries. And I was so frustrated because he couldn't get that one yard to get um, 300, but he pulled up lame on the 299th yard and had to step out the game. And that, and that was the last time we saw Mama's offense, you know, really, have a shot because Fordham was going, they were going back and forth, back and forth. Six touchdown passes for Tim DeMorat uh, for Fordham. Four touchdown passes for Tony Musket, who has a fantastic name for a quarterback. And the it came down to a Hail Mary at the end, and they just, you know, it fell short. So it was a fantastic game. A lot of yards, a lot of points. But here's the thing, 52-49. But I will say the defense has actually played well 
You know, so it wasn't like this was just horrible defense. It was just guys making great plays consistently throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, they didn't play that well, bro. <laughs> 1,400 yards. My new favorite player is Fotis Kokosoulis, the wide receiver for Fordham, who was not only making spectacular plays as a receiver, running routes, making awesome catches, but was a core special teamer, and he made two touchdown saving tackles on kickoff returns. So, yeah, it was, bro, it was like all three facets were phenomenal. Yeah, so I I did the Army UTSA game on CBS Sports Network, and I'll actually this week I'll do Villanova at Army, which is which is a fun game because your boy Emery Christian Benford from Villanova got the start for the Buffalo Bills in their game against the Rams on Thursday night over the first rounder from Florida. Kair Elam and Benford played very well. A lot of zone coverage. Uh, so looking forward to seeing Villanova. But my game ended up going to overtime. And in overtime, Army got a field goal. But then Frank Harris, the quarterback for UTSA, who's just so slick. He's just such a smooth operator. He ends up throwing a touchdown pass. The, the Roadrunners have three outstanding, big, gifted receivers, and Harris is just silky smooth. What I did want to get into, though, about that game, I thought was interesting. You know, people don't realize this, and I, I tweeted it. I got a lot of attention. But before the game, like three hours before the game, the only people that are there usually in the, in the press box are like the SIDs, maybe, me, because I got there three hours before the game, and then – the scouts, NFL scouts. And it was the most scouts I've ever seen in an Army game. There was double-digit scouts there because Army has a, a projected high pick in Andre Carter, who was second in college football last year with 15 and a half sacks. He's a good six, six and a half, 250 lean, long. He had two sacks in the game. But it's just interesting to see those guys get there, Emory, three hours before the game. They all have their laptops out. They're all typing stuff up. They're all talking to people in the booth. Four of them came up to me, and they're asking me my opinion. They're finding out what I know about Andre, what I know about Corbina Bond to another D lineman for Army, what, you know, my interaction with them, what it's been like. Then they go down the field for the pre-pregame warm-ups because they want to see what Carter looks like physically on the field. They want to see what he's doing in pre pregame warmups, what his demeanor's like. It's it's just interesting to watch those guys work. Yeah, a lot of people just don't understand the level of detail that these scouts uh go into when they're scouting these prospects. And some people, you know, used to say or still say, well, you just got the tape. Just give me the tape. Yeah, exactly. The tape is fine. I get that. But you really want to see, like you talked about, and like Daniel Jeremiah brought up as well, body type. Because we know how it is, you know, um, when you're when you look at the college roster, everybody's an inch or two taller, 10 to 15 pounds heavier. Um, but when you see them out there and you can see l- truth and lies. Right. And also, let's say if you, you know, I've noticed this when um, we're doing when you're doing quarterbacks, I'm at a game. I remember being at Boston College, North Carolina State when Jacoby Brissett was at. Uh, NC State 
and I'm on the field. I'm like, yo, he does have a, a pretty good arm. And it, even though you could see certain things on film to see the velocity on throws and to see how well someone spin it up close is, is, is a difference. It's why people like going to games. Otherwise scouts wouldn't, wouldn't go to games, but you want to talk to people around because even if you interview the player one-on-one, you may get, uh, you know, the representation of that player. Uh, but you talk to someone where the player feels more, a little bit more comfortable. You get the real view of the player. So asking you about Andre Carter, gives them a better gauge on how he is as opposed to, you know, them asking. Cause you know, if a scout talks to you, you're going to give like, yes, sir. No, sir. Answers. Um, you know, I don't, I eat, sleep and breed football. Um, but really a person that's close to him knows that's not the case. So I, I love that the fact that the scouts are getting there early gathering Intel because they don't really stay for the full game unless it's an entertaining game. Number one, or they don't have anything backed up on a, you know, on the schedule, like the, you know, if this game starts at noon, I can get down to, you know, Rutgers game that starts at six, right? So they can stack it that way. So usually they're out at halftime or at least at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, so to see them there early, it justifies why they have to be there because you get so much intel and, um, and so many informal conversations to help build a total scouting report uh, on the player. I thought it was interesting that they leave in the third quarter a lot of time. That would be tough for me because at that point, I'm like, I'm invested. I want to see the rest of the game. Especially if the food is good in the press box. I'm definitely not. Like at Boston College, man, that's that's usually the the packed, the most packed press box I've ever seen. And when they had that Friday game, when I when I go up there, it's either Friday or Thursday game. When they had that red bandana, it's usually Friday. Packed with, with, with scouts. Why? Because the clam chowder up there is phenomenal. The, the the soup up there is phenomenal. The the pasta spread they have is phenomenal. But then by the third quarter, everybody got the itis, so they kind of still there. Um, and some either take a whole, you know have a take home cup of uh, the the clam chowder. So yeah, the press box food is good. I'm definitely not leaving for sure. Emery, let's dive into some of the games this week. Let's start in the SEC, Georgia and South Carolina, and I'm kind of curious about both of these quarterbacks. You know, you've got the one guy who's the former walk-on in Stetson Bennett, who all he does is play well, and you were talking about him last year. And you got the other guy that a year ago people were saying was going to be the number one pick, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up, Ross, because remember last year I was like, man, the way Stetson Bennett is playing, and we've seen this play out before, he should be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Everybody told me go shut up, go stand in the corner somewhere. But now look at him, you know. Everybody's saying, man, he should be in. He's, you know, could be in a, in a Heisman race. Like I told y'all that last year, we've seen that story before. We saw it with Ken Dorsey, you know. And so I'm glad he came back. Um, but I will say this, and I've said this a lot on different shows that I've been on. And I'll say it here: if I'm Stetson Bennett, I don't even play around with the NFL process. As soon as the clock hits quadruple zero you know, at the bowl game, whatever bowl game or championship game they're at, I am signing with the XFL or USFL. I am bypassing this whole NFL process. I'm not going to waste my time going to the combine. I'm not going to waste my time doing these pro days because I already know how the league will try to play me. They're going to make me out to be not good enough, not tall enough, not big enough, and I'm not going to get drafted. I'm going to have to fight on some practice squads. I'm just going to go jump into a spring league play well there and then let the NFL reevaluate me 
from the spring league in which I could still sign with an NFL team. So you can have the best of both worlds. So I think that's his route. Plus he's like 24, 25 years old. Him and Hendon Hooker had the same issue. They're, they're over, over age quarterback prospects. They're solid. Hooker is a little bit better than, than Bennett, but Bennett is a baller as a gamer. Um, sort of like that Trace McSorley type. So for me, if I'm him, I'm bypassing this whole process and going play spring football and then let the league reevaluate my tape from a pro league. And then we make moves from there. What about Spencer Rattler for South Carolina? What have you seen, Emery? The same things we saw at Oklahoma, you know, it's just the peaks and valleys. It's like, man, can you flatline your play? If he can flatline, he has a live arm. He has the, the, you know, ability to make the wild plays, but you want to see it just straight across the board for a four quarter game, because that's why South Carolina has been in a battle for, for a while with Georgia state. And they were in a battle last weekend. So you want to see him just flatline this play and not have those um, <coughs> peaks and valleys that he's had in his, in his game so far, because it's so frustrating to watch because you see talent, but because you have, the highs and lows that he does, it, it it removes him from that first round to now you're talking maybe late day two, early day three type prospect. Bless you, by the way. Thank you, sir. Uh, how about the wide receiver, Antoine Wells? I'm a, I'm a FCS guy, you know, following the FCS, covering the FCS like I do. He was a monster at James Madison. And when he transferred, I was like, oh, this, you know, James Madison was going to the FBS. They're going to have Antoine Wells that he announces he's going to transfer, but he goes to South Carolina. This dude, Ross, when he when he was playing as a true freshman at JMU, I thought the dude was a senior. Just looking at how polished he is, how dominant he was out on the perimeter, and how he was able to rise to the level of the significance of the moment. And so he was playing big in big games. And to watch him now do the same things at South Carolina that he did at James Madison is a great thing to see. So he is going to give Georgia a problem. Uh, him and Kaylee Ringo um, matching up, matching wits is going to be fun to watch all throughout the game um, if they have him matched up on him. But Wells is a phenomenal talent, um, and he's a junior, so a true junior. So he's a really good player to watch. Georgia's favored by 24 and a half, Emery. That's a lot of points. What do you think? I'm going to lay those points. I don't have a problem with laying big spreads when you know uh, the defense is, you know, a slow choke out. So you have the, the defense of Georgia combined with how Georgia operates on offense. It won't be Georgia jumps out to 55 to, to three lead like Michigan has done, you know, with, against Hawaii or whatever. This will be you know, at the end of the first quarter, it's 10 nothing. Second quarter, 17-3. Third and fourth quarter, we see them go up 30 to 10 or 30 to 7 you know, 30 to six, something like that, you know, where they cover the spread. So I, I think they can cover the spread. I, I like Georgia. Cause again, you're dealing with the inconsistent quarterback in Spencer Rattler. So I trust the Bulldogs defense to, to even get into the end zone this game. What about Miami and Texas a and I don't think we've talked very much about Tyler Van Dyke. No, we haven't. And, um, you know, he's one of these quarterbacks that had a lot of buzz coming in, uh, had a great finish to last season. And so far this year, he's off to a solid start. He's another one of these 2023 prospects that everyone's talking about. Um, I like his fearlessness. I like his ability to handle pressure. Uh, he can make the good throws. 
and you just want to see him continue to build on that. You know, I, you know, I would like like him more than um, because of the young young uh, age. I like him more than a Will Levis in terms of prospect. And you like that? Okay, this is a guy that may come back next year, but he's definitely draft eligible. Um, but he's making progress, and this is another game, albeit they're coming off of a loss to the Sun Belt Conference, who gave everybody fits last weekend. Um, but this is another big challenge for him to pass, and another feather in the cap for a guy that you know built off what he did last year. So I'm excited to see how he does versus what should be an angry, a little bit more aggressive defense in Texas A&M. Yeah, really. Uh, but there's a receiver that caught your attention for A&M. Anaya Smith, man, again, sometimes you don't know if if he's a running back, if he's a receiver. He's kind of like the Debo Samuel, the Wondell Robinson. I think he's been there forever. The only reason why I feel like he's been there forever because when he's playing running back, you think, okay, yeah, he's a junior. But then he's playing receivers like, oh, wow, he's a sophomore. So as long as they keep switching him from position to position, his eligibility will never run out. You know, because it's all oh, you look at it. Oh, that's a new player. No, it's the same dude that's dangerous with the ball in his hands, dangerous on any type of play, offensive play. He's someone that, you know, when you think about versatility and what the league looks for, that's him. That's the guy that you want on your team because he can affect the game as a runner, as a receiver, also as a, you know, returnman. So he's going to have to have another big day in order for AM to really uh, win this game and, and get that nasty taste of a Sunbelt loss out of their mouth. Sunbelt was no joke this weekend, man. No joke, impressive. man. Really yeah. impressive. Power six. We're power six conference now. So add us to the mix. That's why you expand the playoffs, Ross, because you saw what was going on in Sunbelt. Like, yo, we got to get these guys in there. That's a, We're a three-bid league now. Like, you got to get us in there. Louisiana out there kicking people's butts on NFL Network. Find someone in the SEC that is playing on NFL Network in college football. You won't see it. Because it's a Sun Belt Conference, and that's what we do. They're laying five and a half are the Aggies against the Hurricanes. Which way are you going? Whew. It's going to come down to quarterback play. And I can trust Tyler Van Dyke more so than whoever A&M throws out there. We may see Max Johnson. They, they better throw Max Johnson out there, but the problem is they have an issue at the most important position. Now they'll come in, they'll try to lean up and, and, you know, try to beat Miami up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. But on the other side, you're dealing with a guy that's not afraid of a challenge in, in Tyler Van Dyke. So that alone to me gives them an edge, whether they win or lose, I don't know, but five and a half points seems like a lot. So take the hurricanes and the points here. Let's get to North Dakota state at Arizona. No idea why a school like Arizona would ever schedule North Dakota State. That just seems like an absolutely terrible, terrible idea if you're Arizona. And really, you know, they got Jed Fish. They're trying to build this program. That's not who you want to play, bro. I can tell you that much right now. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know how these schedules be uh, uh, tend to be put together years in advance. There's no years in advance to think that, oh, North Dakota State is not going to be good this season. Right. They're always good. <laughs> like So there's no good year to schedule North Dakota State. And um, this is a key game for me. That's why I chose it because – and they lost last week, so it kind of ruined it. I'm all in on Arizona, you know, crushing their um, win total for the year. It's two and a half. They beat 
um, San Diego State in week one. They lost last week. And the thing is, this is a key game because if they can win this game, it puts them close to that number. They're going to win another game uh, throughout the year. Last year, they won one. So they already covered that total. So two and a half seemed like easy business because they have Jaden DeLorean, who had a bad game last week throwing all those interceptions. But week one, he was solid. He was good at Washington State last year. They had a great recruiting class. Um, so they're a really good team. They're improving, but you're facing North Dakota State. This is what North Dakota State lives for. I don't know. The last time North Dakota State played an FBS team, I want to say it was against Iowa, and they dominated Iowa. And no FBS team scheduled them since then. And they've won six games in a row against FBS teams. So this is a big game for North Dakota State and also Arizona. Uh, but North Dakota State has the fullback that we've talked about a lot, Hunter Lupke. Um, listen, anytime you can, I'm, I'm big on, you know, the big backs toting the rock and, you know, he's a fullback by trade, but he's someone you could trust in a short yardage, four minute offense situation. He's comfortable handling the football. He understands the run game. Um, when you give him the ball, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he can be exactly what you want him to be at the pro level. If you want to be a traditional fullback, he handles that really well. You want him to be your closer, uh, to close out ball games. He can do that. Uh, you can toss him the football. He's not surprised by the ball coming his way. Um, and Arizona's going to have a real problem, you know, defending not only the offensive line of North Dakota State, but also Hunter Luke and what he does with the ball in his hands. Meanwhile, uh, for Arizona, the guy that you'll be looking at is their edge rusher, Jalen Harris. He's disruptive, man. He's lengthy. He's athletic. Has a good um you know closing speed and acceleration to the quarterback but to i said today but this game it's about being strong at the point of attack being able to read with your eyes get off a block and make a tackle in the run game um i have full confidence that arizona match can match up on a perimeter so if north dakota state is going to try to win this game or want to win this game is going to be can they run the football against arizona's defense and I'll be looking to see if Harris can really hold up consistently versus the run game. They, they, you know, they, they throw everything at you. They run power, they run, you know, um, outside zone. They, they throw a little gap in there as well too. So um, you really want to see how well this guy, this is a, a good scouting matchup for him to see how well he does versus the run. You know, it's interesting, Emery. I, I looked at three places now, including DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm not seeing a spread for this game anywhere. It, it's not on the board. So I'm thinking that there must be some type of quarterback health issue because I can't find a spread for North Dakota State, Arizona, interestingly enough. So you that's what, something to keep an eye on. You know what it is when you're dealing with um, – because I'm looking at MaddoxSports.com. When you're dealing with crossover games, those lines don't tend to come out until like Wednesday. So that's why we don't see any, uh, you know, games because there's a bunch of crossover games still, still early in the season. So none of those lines are out and they won't come out until like Wednesday. So it's, it's nothing injury related. It's just that that's how, you know, I, I guess Vegas is trying to gather enough intel on FCS teams to throw out a line. I wonder if, I wonder if North Dakota State even ends up being favored, man. I mean, <laughs> That 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 would be something. An FCS school to be favored over a Power Five, a quote unquote Power Five school. The other thing that's really something is twofold. Number one, I still have four more Madden codes to give out, so make sure 
you're following at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter as well as on Instagram because that's where we're giving them out. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, four more codes to give out. And Emery, I went to a wedding on Saturday, my cousin's wedding. It was awesome. I can't say I'm a huge fan of fall weddings, but she was smart enough to know that number one, Penn State game was at noon, so people would actually come to her wedding at night. And number two, that um, my game was Army UTSA. Her wedding was in Easton, Pennsylvania, exactly halfway on my drive back from Army. I rolled in right in the middle of uh, cocktail hour like a conquering hero. (laughs) It was incredible. I love it. Shout out to uh, Katie Elliott, who's now Katie Murray. What about, by the way, Kansas and Houston? Last game we're going to look at, I guess I'm a little surprised Houston's favored by nine and a half after Kansas just knocked off West Virginia. Let's start, though, with Kansas. A couple players you like, Earl Bostic and Kenny Logan Jr. Yeah, first I was going to ask how quickly you got there, but when you say it was Eastern PA, you are right there on the border of Jersey, so it was perfect. Yeah. Um, but Kansas is, is you know, Break up the Jayhawks. I tweeted it out Saturday because, man, they put up points against West Virginia. They, they they had to really fight for that win, and they got it. So I like this Kansas. We remember, we remember a time when Kansas uh, was on the cusp of a national championship, you know, playing in it was, was Reasing, Ty Reasing versus Chase Daniel. And, you know, they knocked Missouri away from the championship game, and Kansas was in the Orange Bowl not too long ago. Um, but Earl Bostic is a, is a very good left tackle. I, I like him more in the run game. Pass pro, he does a solid job. But I like to see his footwork be a little bit better, a little bit more consistent. Um, and he's definitely going to get challenged here because we know Houston just turns out defensive linemen that have ridiculous strength at the point of attack. Their their strength doesn't even make sense. Um, you think about someone like uh, Peyton Turner, who is now with the New Orleans Saints, just unreal chaos on wheels. And Logan, I'm a big fan of. I just love the fluidity of his athleticism. I love his aggressiveness. Um, I love his ability to help you out on special teams. I think this is someone I wouldn't have a problem putting in the first round uh, because of how decisive he is when he diagnosed a run, how quickly he can close on the pass and on a receiver. He arrives in a bad mood, but he's a good form tackler. He's not the one that's going to you know, try to blow up a, a receiver or a ball carrier uh, and then bounce off and the guy goes on for, for positive yards. He's someone that can hit you and wrap you up and bring you down to the ground. I think he's a tremendous safety player that can also serve in the role as an alley defender. He can run with receivers. He can run with tight ends. He has complete game. I'm excited to see him in this matchup. So I think that's the, you know those are the two prospects for uh, the Jayhawks. This, the, you know these undefeated Jayhawks that we're talking about here. Yeah. What about Houston and their safety, Javarius Owens? I think. It's interesting watching him play. I like his patience because he's not going to get himself in a bad position to uh, ha- have to retract and, and get back on his horse. He he understands what he sees out there. He's not as fast or as, you know, fluid as Logan. But so I, I do think he is someone, and hear me out with this one, I think he's someone at the pro level that could be considered, a, you know, an outside linebacker. You know, and the way the you know teams run nickel so often, um, he could be that guy that could be that linebacker. Or let's say if you are in to, to if you're a CFL team, right? He is the perfect 
linebacker because or halfback as they like to call it because you keep him in you know that that what we call it in the NFL in the alley because he could be great versus the run the short to intermediate passing game he's he's solid there the speed and and burst and explosiveness I don't think is is the same thing as Logan but I see some you know I see a pathway for him to be either that strong safety in a traditional sense or grow into a linebacker outside off-ball linebacker at the pro level at the NFL level. What do you got on the spread here, Emery? With uh, like I said, a little surprise, Houston's laying nine and a half. Yeah, exactly. This is a new Kansas team. This is a new Jayhawks program. Uh, Lance Leipold, we see, we've seen him do it. Um, you know, at Wisconsin Whitewater, we saw him do it at Buffalo. We're seeing him do it in Kansas. So I'm taking Kansas in the points here. I'm taking Emory Hunt everywhere I go. Anytime I need to know about any players at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Make sure you're checking us out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod. Would love to give you, yeah, you. That Madden code. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.